Well, we are back. It's Trevor DeVage with my man, co-host extraordinaire, purveyor of all things cool. Wow. Dylan Mitchell. All things? Uh, you so, really think so? Okay, a couple things. Okay. I was a little overzealous. I'd give, I'd give coffee, Disney, design. That's a few things. Yeah. Photography. It's a few things. A few of my favorite things. These are a few. I, I, I teed you up for, <laughs> I teed you up for it. Uh, gave you a little Disney love there. See what I did there. Hey, I appreciate it. Um, I was going to try to sing it, but I can't remember the words because I'm tired. So, um, <laughs> are, you, are you preaching? Like uh, preaching tired? Uh, no, I'm preaching hungover. That's what I tell people. <laughs> people are like, so what's it like? I, and you, we're not even hiding it anymore. This is Monday when we record this. Like it's after Sunday. Um, you're hearing it on Wednesday or beyond. But man, Mondays, like, especially after a day like yesterday here at Pantano. So we were week five of seismic shifts yesterday. Yep. And uh, we had we were supposed to have fourteen baptisms. We had thirty three, which was amazing, it's bonkers. Um, but man, people are like, "So, are you tired?" And I'm like, "Tired." <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I went home. I didn't take a nap. I took a coma, and uh, <laughs> and then I got up last night. It was beautiful last night. I, I don't know how it was at your place, but it was like oh, we went for a walk along the river. Oh, it was like seventy degrees. It's wonderful. And the sunset was fantastic last night. And I sat on my back porch and. Um, actually, truth be told, and actually sitting in front of me right now, I started working on finishing the message for next weekend. One, I'm so excited for next weekend, but, um, uh, I just, we, I've been traveling and I'm, we're going out of town this week. Um, tomorrow uh, you and I and the team, uh, production team are going to Nashville tomorrow for a conference. And so I just sat out there and did some writing and talked to some friends on the phone last night and just enjoyed my backyard. And it was, but people are like, so what's it like when you're done preaching? I'm like, I, Monday morning, I feel a little like it's a preaching hangover. I just wake up and I'm like very white voice starts to settle in and my eyes are a little swollen. And you know. I, I walked into the studio this morning and saw you sitting in the dark room just in the corner and you looked preaching yeah. hungover. Well, and I, you pair that with, I've been in like three time zones this last week too. And so it, it reminds me of when I was traveling back and forth from Ohio to, <laughs> to Arizona this last week, I was like, Oh, this is why I don't miss that. Uh, you thought your traveling was going to settle down. Uh, well, and it will a little bit. I, I say that. I, it probably won't. But um, here was the problem. Wednesday, when did I come back? Thursday. Mm-hmm. I came back Thursday. I had a 22-hour day on Thursday. So I we went. I was in board meetings for a mission that we support in, in Louisville last week. And, uh, of course, I'm with all my buddies. We're hanging out. And we stay up to, like, midnight in Louisville, which is 9 o'clock here. Yeah, that's um, not bad. My Uber shows up at 345 to take me to the airport. And I went to bed at like 1230. Um, so when my Uber picked me up, it was 1245 here in Arizona. I got on a plane. I flew across the country. I went to bed here at 11 o'clock that night. So I was up almost almost 23 hours. And I was like, you want to talk about like preaching? That was like a drunk orangutan, <laughs> man. I was just like, I'm walking around the house. Like, I didn't even know where I was. Like, I'm bumping into stuff. And I'm, I was like, it was a hot mess. And it took me... Here's what I realized at 43 now, I'm not, I don't recover like I used to. Like I used to be able to bounce back from that stuff and be like, I'm good. I am not good. Like I'm four days beyond that. And I'm like, crap, I'm going back to Nashville this week. <laughs> like I don't, I don't want to go back through time zones. Like, can I stay in my own time zone? That would, that would be fun. Um, but, but Monday mornings, I'm a little, I'm a little punchy on Monday. That's why this well, podcast goes off the rails. It does. All the time. It's someone, not because of you. Someone asked me the other day, they said, how is it like co-hosting with, with Trevor? 
I was like, I don't like there are most days I don't count myself as a co-host. I count myself as a train conductor trying to put this train back on. Oh, no, 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 no. It's not even a conductor, man. The, the, the train is never on the rails. Like it's how do I pick this thing up? Like I'm sp- like Superman. Like you have to pick it up and put it back on something. Um, it's more like a train wreck that you have to just find all the carnage. Well, I think it's more like I'm standing on the front end of the train, just like holding on with yeah. my back and I'm just like throwing down track. It's like that Spider-Man where he's on the train in New <laughs> trying York to City stop it. and he's trying to stop it with his webs. Like That's me. Yeah. The problem is this train's really heavy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just That's good. I, it's you know what's fun though? And I we I, I don't know, it's Monday and I just don't care right now, but um it's our podcast. We can talk about what we want. But I, this is what I love is like everybody I know outside of Pantano, which is really cool. And and you had this experience at Rocky Point too, but like all my guys that listen to this around the country, they're like, man, Dylan is just so natural on the podcast. And I'm like, because actually what we're doing, we're not recording a podcast. We're recording our conversations. That's what we're doing. Like you need to just mic both of us up when we start making coffee when there, we get here. There, no, you don't. There's so much. No, no you don't. <laughs> no. No, I like my job. I'd like to keep it, <laughs> and so does Dylan. <laughs> uh, no, I mean it's it, for me. This isn't recording a podcast. This is a, we happen to have microphones in front of us for conversations that we have when we don't have microphones in front of it's us. True, yeah. Um, and they're a little chaotic. I mean, they go from deep to shallow to junior high boy to you know eighty year old man. They go across <laughs> the board. Um, and it's, that's what I love though, is that that's a natural progression of conversation. Poor Cal last week. I don't think he knew what to do with us. Oh, poor Cal, man. He did so great. (laughs) And I mean, and Cal's a consummate professional. He's a great leader, phenomenal preacher. If you want to know how I felt like Cal felt about the podcast, just listen to his reaction when we just threw him into coffee time. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's what, what are we doing? Yeah. He was like, here's what's funny. I prepped him. I prepped him for that. I literally told him as we're walking across campus, I'm like, hey, we do this thing called coffee time. We talk about coffee. He's like, oh, okay, cool. I, I love talking about coffee. I'm like, no, you don't, but that's okay. And then he gets in here and acts like he, we never had that conversation. Like, it just flat out acts like we never had it. That's okay, Cal. I love you. Um, and you're older now, so maybe you forgot we had that conversation between the door and the room. Okay. So, um, well, what do you got, Dylan, today? Because uh, we, we got lots of things rolling, lots of things going on. Where This series we're in right now is probably one of my favorite series I've ever done. Um, I really, really have enjoyed this, this series. Um, but what do you want to unpack? Because yesterday I thought was a fantastic day across the board here at Pantano. Yeah, yesterday, um, if you missed it in person, it was super cool. We kind of, and I mean, you can pick it up online too. Um, I'll toss a link to that. Um, but it was really cool. We kind of flipped the script and did service kind of inverted. Yes, we um, did. And led with the message and then did worship and baptism on the back end. So that just like it's we say it all the time, like it's never just another Sunday. And so things are constantly changing and evolving. And I think that that's a really oh, cool yeah. thing to lean into. Um, but from the get go yesterday, you walked out on stage in chains. And <laughs> I, I think that got everyone's attention. Well, I don't know if they thought it was for Halloween or like what was. Well, by the way, it wasn't for Halloween. You uh, you don't like Halloween. Well, it's not that I don't like it. I mean, I'm. I'll dress up, but I mean, I'll dress up like me. Yeah. I'm just Trevor DeVage. Just a, I don't know, scarier version of me. I don't know. I'm rawr. I, 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 no. <laughs> I'll never do that. That's again. a sound that, clip, guys. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. Thank rawr. you. That's my new text message sound when I text you. For every. Just rawr. rawr. So if you want that here, I'll give it to you one more time. Rawr. There you go. You got it. All right. Um, yeah, so yesterday we we talked about ground altering worship, and uh, I'm a prop guy, you know that. Like, I and I I don't use props, so other people remember it. I use props, so I don't forget, and uh, and it helps me contextualize 
<clears throat> scripture because I'm a visual learner. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I had these chains around my wrist, basically shackles. But I, it was funny. Saul and I were talking about it this morning. Um, you know, remember Saul? Yeah. Uh, we were talking about it this morning. And uh, he was like, I love that you walked out on stage and didn't talk about him. Yeah. <clears throat> there was I, there was no acknowledgement. No, of none it. at all. Like, and that was on purpose. I walked out, and it, it was like a full page in, uh, almost two pages in the bottom of page two of my manuscript, uh, before there's any mention of why I really have them on. Yeah, and and what I love is is I tell these two pretty intense stories out of the gate of two of my friends that both lost ten year old daughters within literally less than six months of each other, and um, you know people. There's two reasons people were leaning in. They leaned in at first because I'm wearing chains and I don't mention them, and then they lean into these two stories. And I, it was funny. I had a lady go, "I forgot you were wearing those after you started telling those stories." And I was like, "Wow, you know, because those stories were tense, man. Like they were, you know, you're talking about the death of ten year old little girls. Like that, that's intense." And she was like, "I totally forgot about the chains until you got done with those stories and came back to the scripture." She goes, "Because the stories overpowered the." The yeah. visual, which I was like, perfect. That's what I wanted. That's what I wanted. Um, but then when we got in the meat of it, we talk about where Paul and Silas are in prison and, um, you know, and they worship in their pain and they worship through their wounds. And um, so just a really impactful message for me personally, as I was writing it, it was impactful for me. So um, you've been doing this church thing for, for a while. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Like 24 years. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost as long as I've been alive. Um, and well, that's the end of the podcast, y'all. Uh, it's been fun. Um, this is the make. We'll have a new co-host for you next week. Yeah. It, it'll be Dylan and someone else. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you've been doing this for a while and like, you've had a lot of conversations like that. How many, like, how often do you think we like that forget about our, like our own chains? Oh, like, like I, we get so far into whatever is binding us that we just yeah. forget it's there. It just becomes part of Well, it's kind of what that woman said yesterday. Right. Like she, she totally forgot I was wearing chains because the story was so intense. I think sometimes we think the story is so intense. We don't see the, our own chains. The problem is the intensity of that story is the chain. Mm-hmm. You know, the intensity, like the chain is the death of your 10 year old little girl. The death is, or the, the pain is the death of another 10 year old little girl, like pain after pain after pain. I think we've talked about this on the podcast. Like I used to think, Life was like peak to peak to peak where there's some valleys. I actually think it's valley, valley to valley where we get to experience some joys mm-hmm. in that. But it's how you respond in the valley that determines the next peak. And, you know, it's how you respond in the pain with your praise or lack thereof. But I think Satan's, one of his greatest tools is convincing us that the pain and the chain aren't the same thing. Ooh, that's a good soundbite. That's, that's a Monday morning, like Dr. Seussism right there. I, I like that. I didn't even mean to say that. Look at that. Mm, genius on demand, except moronic. Um, but uh, that's true. You know, I think he tries to mask the chain with the pain that we don't, we don't acknowledge the chains even there because the pain seems so overwhelming. We don't even realize we're shackled to it. And, and I think that's how, I know that's how I live until I have this realization that I'm like, oh, wait a minute. That's the very thing that's keeping me from either being what God's called me to, or it's the very thing God wants to use to help me see mm. what I can be. Uh, and I've never grown nearly as much out of success or out of, you know, the good times of life as I've grown out of the pain and the wounds of life. Do you think that's, because I can say the same thing for myself, like retrospectively. Yeah. Do you think that that's most people or do you think that that's like a unique case for me and you? Uh, I don't, I mean, obviously we're not other people, but I, I think that's more of a, the real case. I, I just, there's nothing in this world that I can think of that's not, that's not grown well out of some sort of tension. Yeah. 
I mean, you just like, you think about going to the gym, like you have to actually put your muscle fibers through pain for growth. Mm-hmm. Now, not, not injury, but pain. Like you're actually, you're causing pain to muscle fibers for them to grow. Um, or you think about a, a plant or a tree. If you put a plant in a pot and it's supposed to be bigger than the pot that you put it in, if you leave it in there, you're going to, it's going to stun its growth. You have to take it through, you have to uproot it yeah. and replant it. That uprooting is painful. Like, I mean, I'm not a tree. Maybe they love it, but I, I mean, they don't scream ouch when they you pull them out. I mean, if they did, I would lose my ever love of mine. I'd be like, I'm out. I'm not planting that tree because it's talking to me. Well, Moses had one, but it burned. It was a bush. Uh, right. And it was God. Um, but I, I mean, you just think about there, there's pain and uprooting. There's pain and movement. There's pain and, and growth. All growth has pain. I mean, think about growing up. I don't know if you had this. Or maybe this is unique to me. I don't know, but I don't think it is. When I was little, my, I remember at night, my, my legs would hurt so bad. And they were growth pains. And my grandfather, who was, and he was living with us when I was a kid, he was late 80s. And I'll never forget his old weathered farmer hands. He would lay on my bed and he would just rub my legs to make them not hurt. Mm. Um, and eventually I'd go to sleep. But he, he was like, I know that if I just lay here, you understand that through this pain, somebody's here with you. Mm. Um, and uh, I, I think that's, I think anything worth its weight in gold in the kingdom of God, there's going to be pain for growth. Mm. And that's I, good. I mean, Jesus went through pain and he didn't say in this world, you will have joy and no pain. He said in this world, there will be trouble in this world. There will be pain. Um, as long as we're on this side of eternity, which we're already in eternity. I hope you understand that as long as we're on this side of it though, there's pain. Um, that's why eternity on the other side is so imperative because there's no weeping. There's no pain. There's no any of that. Well, we've talked about it before on this podcast and I, I, I always like to kind of revisit it especially kind of close to baptism Sunday, because like, that's, that's like a, a chapter, like that's a page turner in someone's journey. Yeah. Um, in someone's faith journey, their life journey. But like, I, I think that new Christians and I, and I think it's like, it's, it's our fault sometimes because we don't communicate it clearly enough, but new Christians sometimes go into this journey with Jesus. Like it's going to be smooth sailing, right? Like I, there, there's no pain. Well, I think I even said it yesterday, at least at nine o'clock. Um, you know, people come to know Jesus and they think it's going to be fluffy clouds and unicorns right. all day. And it's, but that's not the case. Like I, I tell people when you're giving your life to Jesus, you need to understand something. You just declared war. You've just declared war on the enemy, on Satan, and he's going to come. He's going to come guns a blazing at you and he's going to try to take you out. And, and how you respond to the pain that is going to come from that will determine how far you go with where God is calling you. Um, yeah, I mean, it's war. Like if you, and well, I, I mean, it's, it's sad. Like this is, this is very telling of that though. It's how many pastors and church leaders do you see that have a moral failure or things like the like yeah. huge, huge battles that they're waging with the enemy Yeah, and they've unfortunately fallen. Correct. Like that's not by happenstance. No, it's not by, I mean, that's the enemy through and through, yeah. you know, and I think we were talking about this before we went live. Um, uh, you were talking about a, a pastor that had had a moral failure and has kind of been reinstated into ministry and, um, what my thoughts were on that. And I'm like, first of all, if there's anything that's, that's unredeemable, then we've missed the grace of Jesus. Mm. Everything can be restored, redeemed, recovered. Um, I, I don't think anything disqualifies you as long as you're repentant, as long as you've turned from it, you've had ample time to recover, um, make right, do what God has called you to. Um, but. There's a lot of guys or girls, either one, that have some kind of moral failure, and they they don't ever recover. One because the church doesn't ever help them recover. Well, yeah, we we treat it like it's 
not recoverable. Right. We put you in hell, even though Jesus wants to redeem you to heaven. Um, it, you know, and the other side of that is, is that sometimes, or, or the other side of that coin, right, is that the person thinks that this is just a blip on the radar screen and they don't ever deal with that pain um, and somehow convince themselves that, well, everything's good now. Yeah. And, and there, the in-between of that is you've got to go through the pain to get to the progress, to get to the promise and the praise. You've got to go through those things. Um, there's a great book called Leadership Pain um, by a guy named Samuel Chand, C-H-A-N-D. And um, he talks in this book. It's, it's, I, I give it to everybody I know that wants to be a leader, honestly, anybody that really wants to do anything. But um, I would highly encourage, if, you, if you're not a reader, become one or listen to it on Audible if you, if you listen to books. Um, but the whole, I'll give you the whole thesis of the book. Um, if you're not willing, if you don't have a high pain tolerance, don't try to lead anything great. Mm. Um, and he, he, he applies it to the church. He's a former pastor and, and a president of a Bible college. And he was like, most people quit right before the breakthrough. So pain, 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 quit. If you'd have gone just like a half a mile further breakthrough. I ha- it's, it's interesting that we, we've talked a little bit about physical pain with that too, I've been going to the gym more and more yep. and I, I'm a huge like proponent of like, I can't go to the gym by myself and just like know what to do. So I use Apple fitness yep. and like I do the treadmill a lot and the running coach that I use, his name is Scott. And he's like, as you're running, as you're building your speed, as you're building your incline, um, you know, it's in different sprints. And so you get to one point and he's like, if you think you can't go any further, push a little further, yep. can you go a little further? And like, in my mind, I'm like, I don't want to go any further, but even if I'm like, just, I'll bump it up one more, I'll bump yeah. it up one more. Yeah. And then I'm like, so f- like take that back six months, doing that for six months, my base pace is now so much faster than right. it was six months ago because I'm willing to push well, past and that. that. That's been my mantra in my mind. So during COVID, I lost like 55 pounds during COVID and I built a gym in my house in Ohio. And, um, and today yeah, I still work out every day. Like I, um, and I'm actually back in a gym here. I've got a kind of a home gym here. We didn't move all our stuff, but I'm back in a gym here. Actually, I'm going today. And, uh, but I've been telling, like I'm a thousand seventy days straight of working out. Mm. And, but here's what I tell myself. Cause actually it's harder at a day thousand seventy than it was day one. It's harder to stay motivated. And, but here's what I just tell myself. If I'm on the treadmill, if I'm lifting, I can do anything for a minute, anything. Yeah. I can do anything for one minute. Well, yeah, as soon as that timer pops up on my screen, I'm like, yeah. I can do this for 30 so seconds. So I'm like, I'm looking at, I've got a timer that I wear on my, on my hip as well that buzzes. It's got 45, 30, and 60 seconds. And I hit that and I'm like, I can do anything till this thing buzzes. And so right when I get to the place where I want to quit, I push one more and that's usually when the timer goes off. Mm. And it's like, then I try to push one after the timer to just be like, screw you timer. Like, <laughs> I'll show you, I can do more than what you even thought I could. Um, but I, that mantra for me has been, I can do anything for a minute. I can endure any kind of pain for a minute. And here's, what's great. Once I get through that minute, I'm like, I can endure anything for one more minute. So I just repeat that mantra as I'm working out. Cause I'll be honest with you. Like I, I do like working out, but I hate it. Oh yeah. Like there's days that I wake up. I'm like, I cannot wait for this workout. Then there's days I'm like, uh, I'd rather punch myself in the face. There, one of Melissa's friends early on when we were dating, we weren't even engaged yet. Um, she was trying to get me like, Melissa loves working out. She actually enjoys it. Yeah. And her friend was trying to get me to actually enjoy it so we could be compatible. Right. I'm like, I, I'll do it. I, mean, I don't think I'm going to be the person who. I can wear Mickey ears. You're in, right? <laughs> <laughs> but she said, uh, oh, what? It was something along the lines of, oh, a runner's high. Right. I'm like, I've never experienced a runner's high. 
No, like I, I've never gotten into this run and it been like, oh, this was this was what I was wanting to do today. Now yeah. I feel better on the back end of it. Right. Once I've yeah, pushed I through never it. regret going. Once I've gone, yeah. Like I, I, I have to. Man, I'm a hype man in the car. I'm like, bro, you got this. You can do this. And part of me is like, no, you can't. I'm like the the devil and the angel on my shoulder. And I'm like, I got to be my own hype man in the car. And then I get there and I work out. And I'm like, I'm so glad I did that. Yeah. Every it time. takes more energy for me to get from my car to the door of the gym than it does for me to just get well, through. The once workout. I get in, I'm good. Yeah. Like, I, and when it was in my house, it was easy. I just walk downstairs and go. Um, but again, we and I, I think that's that aversion to pain. We don't like to go through pain, but it's only through that pain that you find growth. So then take that and unpack it a little bit because I know like the big takeaway yesterday was worshiping in our pain brings promise to people. Yeah. So how does that kind of translate into well, our our normal day to day? Well, to stay in theme with working out, right? Like, so it, I don't know if you've noticed this it, it, with people, but you know, when I, so I've, I've gone through two kind of metamorphoses. Like when my, when my first daughter, when my wife was pregnant with her, I lost like 95 pounds. I was 242. I mean, you could push me down a hill. My arms and legs wouldn't touch the ground. I was a big boy. Um, I mean, I was eating chicken fried rice like it was going out of style and drinking white chocolate mochas like they were gallon jugs of milk. <laughs> um, and I had a gym membership, but I didn't go. But I was, you felt good that you had one. Well, I was like, if I'm not going to, if I'm going to leech off society, I ought to pay $62 a month to do it. That, that was my, that was literally my reasoning. <laughs> and one day I woke up, I mean, I was a three sport athlete in high school. I was, I was in shape. I you know, but the problem was I stopped doing all those things. And I kept eating like I was a three sport athlete and, um, I was a no sport athlete. And, um, but, but again, I, I, I go through these two metamorphoses of life and it, it's really interesting when the first time when I lost like 95 pounds, all, all these people go, so what'd you do? And I'm like, what do you mean what I do? How, how'd you lose all the weight? I'm like, um, I stopped eating junk and I worked out every day and they'd always look disappointed. They're like, <laughs> Oh, and I'm like, what were you expecting me to say? Like, I, I took a magic pill. <laughs> like, I, and that's what we want, though. Is so every time people are like, so, how, like, they're amazed. They're like, how'd you do it? And I'm like, it's really kind of crazy. If you don't eat as much as you burn, you lose. Yeah, there's a deficit. And if you put your body through the tension that it has to go through, uh, but it's really so. Then through COVID, I, I'd gained a little bit, of, uh, a little bit of weight back when my dad had cancer. I was traveling back and forth, and I just. I wasn't eating bad, but I just wasn't doing anything. I was pretty sedentary. Um, so right before COVID hit, actually, November the 15th of 2019, I had this moment where I was like, I need to get my butt in gear. Like I was coming home like five in the afternoon and sleep until like seven. I was just worn out. I felt horrible. I didn't feel good. And I was like, hey, dummy, get up and go to the gym. So I did. I had a free membership. I'm like, I'm not even paying now. Like I'm just straight up leeching off society, doing nothing. Um, so I did. I started going back to the gym. I lost 55 during COVID. Um, and then people, again, they were like, man, how, what'd you do? And I'm like, I work out every day and I, I eat better every day and I pay attention to what I'm putting in my pie hole. Cause I like food. Like I, <laughs> I, I more than like food. I love food. Like if you've been around me at all and we're out and I tell you to eat something, I will say these words. I'm like, I'm a former fat kid. Trust me. I know how to eat. <laughs> um, you know, are you, are you anticipating weight gain while we're in Nashville? No, I'm not, not at all. Cause I'll pay attention. Yeah. You know, and I, I will, I will do something active every day while we're there. No matter what, I'll do something. Um, and, but here's the deal. I don't deprive myself. Like I, I still, I eat the things I enjoy. I actually yeah. tell people I work out so I can eat ice cream. I love ice cream. Absolutely love it. I will go to barista parlor in Nashville and I will have a breakfast sandwich and a pour over. We. Oh yeah. Well, we, we. but I mean, I'm specifically talking, I, you can do what you want. I'm going to be there. Like, 
you can choose to come or not come. Um, but I'm, I'm going to do that. Why? Because I, I know that there's margin in my, in my life because I put myself through the pain and it's still pain. Like I still have goals. Like I, I've put on, um, not weight, but I've, I've not been as lean as I'd like to be. So I'm in a, now I'm in a phase, I'm like, I'm in a cut mode. So when I go cut, I get a little crazy when I go into cut modes because I'm like, I'm about to get real militant on myself. The best times of year for me to do this is Thanksgiving and Christmas. Mm. While other people are like, I'm about to get my eat on. I'm like, have fun. Like that's where I've, it's weird. I don't know what it is in my mind. I switch to, I'm going to cut in those moments because I know that if I can go through that, I can go through anything. Mm. Um, and then I apply that to my faith. It's really interesting when I'm disciplined in the gym, when I'm disciplined in my physical, I'm way more disciplined in my spiritual. Like all that falls into place depending on how I'm doing physically, huh? which is really weird. It is, but it's the pain and the tension. Like when I'm, I'm putting myself under tension and pain, it's way easier for me, I think, to lock in. I also think there's a, an element of discipline in it too. Like if you're Absolutely. being disciplined in the physical realm, it's way easier to be disciplined in the spiritual realm. Absolutely. Well, I, for me, absolutely. Like when I'm locked in, when I'm in the gym every day, um, and I'm up early, like I, I'm on my back patio at quarter to five, five o'clock, I'm, I'm in scripture. But, but if I do that and then I don't do something active, something's missing. I feel undisciplined. So they feed each other really well, which is a really funny thing to say after I say I love food and I'm a foreign fat <laughs> kid. Um, but they do. They feed each other and they feed attention in each other that, that causes me. Then when I get to the end of my day, and here's the other thing. I'm on my back patio at 545, 530, 5 o'clock in the word. Um, I'm here at 730 in the morning. I'm putting in a day's work. Then I'm going to go to the gym today at like 230. I'm going to go work out. So I'm going to take care of my spiritual, my professional my physical, and then I'm going to go home and I'm going to hopefully invest in my family tonight and not suck at it because sometimes I do um, and go home and try to give to my family what they need. But that's all under tension. Mm. And if any of those are out of balance, all of it's out of balance. That's what's crazy. I don't know how this just became a, like a health podcast, but um, I, yeah. but it, it it's so interesting how it's all connected. Because everything is spiritual. Not to rob something from Rob Bell from years ago when 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 most people would say Rob Bell was still kind of in his right mind. I, I don't know, Rob. I don't know if he's off his rocker or not. That's not the point. But, but something he did teach in that, that era was everything is spiritual. We like to make these compartments of, well, this is my church life and my spiritual life, mm. and this is my physical life, and this is my work life. No, 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 no. This is all life. There's a, Jesus is in all of it. You can't put Jesus in a compartment. He's in all of it or he's in none of it. Yeah. And so if, if your church life and your spiritual life is over here, there's a greater tension and pain that's going to come to you if you don't put him in everything. And, and he, will, he will put tension points and pain points all over your life in those other areas until you understand that they all are symbiotic together, which is just really intriguing. Because when something, when like one, I've, I've noticed it in my own life, I'm sure you have to, like when yeah. one thing starts to falter, all it's it. so easy for it to be a, a domino effect. Well, and then you become Humpty Dumpty, right? Like all these people are trying to help put you back together. And they can't. You're just laying there like, ah. Uh, yeah, go break an egg in your driveway today and then try to put all the shells back together. I promise you, you won't find them all. Because once you, once you break, it's hard to put it all back together. Um, now, here's the beauty of Jesus and grace. Uh, one of my favorite songs is Beautiful Things. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're actually already a mosaic. He's taken all your brokenness, all your jacked upness, all of, all of those things in your life, and he's actually putting you back together in something more beautiful than what you ever thought you could be. But you have to be willing to be a mosaic. Um, and that that's the thing. I think we think we should be this like Mona Lisa, like first stroke or the David, the sculpture. 
Instead, Jesus is like, no, actually, you're broken, busted, beat up. Watch what I'm going to put together. Um, Because we can't craft that ourselves. I love that. Yeah. Well, speaking of craft. Craft um, coffee? Craft coffee. You see what I did there? I just banged everybody's head against the window yet again (laughs) on another. You just gave someone whiplash. Yeah. Hey, how's your head feel? I just slammed it against the window. I took a hard left turn right there. Uh, But we do coffee time every single week on here, unless Saul's with us. Then we do salsa with Saul or Compton with Norma or whatever we do. Um, But we've actually got some really cool things coming in uh, coffee time. And we got a guest coming on in a couple of weeks, actually about a month. Yeah, about a month um, from today. We've got a special guest that's going to be on with us that is very much in the realm of coffee. Um, but we won't let that cat out of the bag yet. Um, we've got to give you something to look forward to. We won't to. let that bean you out of the to- bag yet. You see what it did there? Yeah, Just right. end it. We're done. Dad jokes. Got no. for days. Um, I am a dad, and I tell jokes. Um, so... Uh, we, I'm going to turn this a little different just for the, just for a few minutes. We've only got a few minutes, but you know, we've been talking about all the kinds of coffees, the craft of coffee, what we like about the nuance of coffee. And honestly, if you want to talk about a bean, it goes through a very meticulous process of it gets cracked and it gets, it gets kind of obliterated to make something great. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of tension that a coffee bean goes under, um, to become the thing that we are addicted to, um, but then I think there's the other side of that too is I've watched so many people inside of coffee shops walk through the tension of life together face to face over coffee. And, and I know you can do that in a wide variety. Some people do it in bars. Some people do it in restaurants. So I, like I, I get it. But there's something about that third space of, of, of a coffee shop, especially of a really good, cool craft coffee shop that they've created environments for people to sit on and walk through those things of life. Yeah. I was about to say, we've had this conversation here before about why environments matter so much right? and why, I mean, I think this is interesting too, why in certain larger churches, you you're starting to see cheesy names as they may be. You see coffee shops popping up inside of church lobbies, like full on coffee bars. Oh yeah. yeah. And it's because we're starting to understand, Hey, people feel comfortable in this space. Yeah. They, like it's the wall is kind of removed. Look at our cafe. So we move our cafe from inside to outside this last weekend because we were running out of space in our auditorium. So we had to pull the bleachers out. I've got a picture between services yesterday. Our outdoor court was packed. People are at tables. They're engaging life. They're talking through good stuff, tough stuff, all the stuff in between. Families are out there all over breakfast. I mean, there's, there's probably 600 people out there between services. Um, and I'm like, the same thing, right? Creating environments for people to do life. That, that's all it is. Um, well, yeah, there's nothing like indicatively special about a coffee shop. No. Like I, I love a coffee shop. Me too. But it's, it's, it's whoever designed the space of that particular coffee shop, whether it's here in Tucson and it's Presta or it's Nashville right. and it's, it's Crema or Orlando and it's Lineage, like those, those spaces that I can spout off, those are places where I've can feel comfortable to go sit down next to well, someone. And I can remember conversations I've had in all those spots. Yeah. Like I remember them. I know where I was. I know who I've talked to. I remember like, I remember sitting in Bongiorno coffee in, in Colleyville, Texas and in rooted coffee in North Richmond Hills. Um, and two of the hardest moments of my life, having two of the hardest conversations I've ever had in those coffee shops, all for the, all for the opportunity of growth. Um, even since I've been here, like I, I've been meeting people at different coffee shops here in, in, in Tucson area and it's amazing the things that we will say over a cup of coffee with with people. It's amazing the stories we tell. Um, and that could be on my back porch. But there's something about meeting someone in a neighborhood, in a in an environment that is a part of the place you live, mm-hmm. um, that is saying, we want to be the meeting place for you. 
you know, which would be a great name for a coffee shop, the meeting place. Um, well, we'll trademark that. I'm trademarking that right here today, the meeting place. Let the record show. Let the record show on October the 31st, 2022. 9.52 a.m. 9.50. Wait. Did you see that? Oh, you got your computer in front of you. I was like, how'd you do that? Like, I was so impressed that you just knew the time off the top of your head, but he's got his laptop in front of him. So now I'm not nearly as impressed. Um, But uh, the whole process of just having these spaces is where I think God does some of the best work in, in the third space. Um, I like that idea too. Like just acknowledging that it is a third space. Like it, it doesn't, I don't know. I, I'm a branding person. That's, yeah. that, that's a really cool label to put on it. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I mean, cause you do have first space, which is usually people's home. You have a second space, which is usually your work. Um, and then you have this third space which is where community is built. Um, and it's not that community can't be built in those other places, but those are natural progressions of where, where it happens. And so, um, I know we talk a lot of nuance of coffee on here, but I, here's what I've encouraged you with wherever you are today. Um, maybe you're not a coffee person. That's okay. Find a coffee shop close to you and grab a friend. Maybe if you're a part of Pantene, you'll know this language, grab your one mm. and take them for coffee or lunch. A lot of places now do really cool food and craft food at their, at the coffee shops. Um, I would say take a shot, go sit in a third place with somebody, or maybe take your laptop and go work there, um, and maybe with the intent of meeting somebody while you're there, yeah. and, and just see what God might do with it, because I think that it's in that third space um, that we make even greater space for people, mm-hmm. and I, I think that's a really, really cool cool thought. So anything else in the coffee realm? I, I think you I think you did it. We're going we're gonna to make this a short coffee time today, even though I've had a gallon of it today. Started on my back porch, then I came here and I drank a, a full mug's worth, and now you made me another one. I'm usually a, I'm usually a two-handed coffee drinker at the podcast, anyhow. So double parking, uh, <laughs> uh, it's it's double parking with a double exit. Um, so um, I made that sound way weirder than I meant for it to. Let's, so. let's talk about what's coming up next. Yeah, well, let's not talk about that. That's that. I mean, at all. What are um, what are you looking forward to in this next? Like we we were talking before we hit record yeah. about like I like someone who's on a church staff and someone who is yeah. creative on a church yeah. staff. Like you kind of live you life live in, a sermon series at a time. Yeah, you live in series. I I know what Sunday dates are based off of what series right. we're in. I like it's really funny. I can tell you most dates on Sundays. I just can't tell you any other date of the week, which is really funny because there's only six other days between them. <laughs> Um, no, I'm really looking forward to server city in two weeks. Um, it's one, again, it's one of my favorite things we do here is we send thousands of people into the community to serve our community locally, which is awesome. Um, Christmas is right around the corner. Christmas in, in church world is one of my favorite times. It's one of my favorite times of the year anyhow, but I love just Christmas time and just something about that season puts people in a different space. Now I understand that's also a space where some people it's really hard. Um, yeah. And I love the tension of that because we can walk through stuff with people in the hard parts of that season, but we get to celebrate at the same time. And so there's that tension again. And I think growth happens through that tension. Um, it, you know, and then we've got a, a two-week series before Christmas called Thanksgiving. Um, it's thanks the first week, giving the second week. And we're going to talk about being thankful and what it means to biblically be someone that gives. And um, I know some people are like, oh, there it is. That's the money talk. Um, you're right. We are going to talk about money because Jesus talks about it more than heaven and hell in scripture. And Maybe he knew we ought to talk about it. It's probably so, worth, probably it's worth, probably worth a, it's probably worth a conversation. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I, I'm really looking. And then best Christmas ever is our Christmas series. And then I'm really excited about the first of the year where we're starting a, a series called dangerous prayers. Um, and there's all sorts of incredible stuff that's going to come out of that. That's so, going to be a really cool yeah, one. It's going to be really, really cool. So anything else you got Dylan that we got going on? 
Um, I want to I want to make sure everyone knows we just did baptism Sunday this last we Sunday did. and it was incredible. It's fantastic. Um, we thirty three. Yeah, we were scheduled fourteen and had thirty three. We had twenty two at our eleven o'clock service. That's nuts. Yeah, it was it was insanity. So we say that baptism Sunday is every Sunday here at Pantano. Yeah, because I know we've got five more this weekend. Yeah. Um, but our next scheduled baptism is uh, going to be December twenty third and twenty fourth. Which, if you're keeping score at home, that's Christmas Adam and Christmas Eve. Um, that's uh, some of you guys will be like Christmas Adam, Christmas Eve, Adam and Eve. There you go. I worked it out for you. You'll laugh at that later. For those who still don't get it, Christmas Eve Eve. Right. Which and that just sounds that just sounds redundant. Um, it sounds like you got a stutter. Um, no, that's <laughs> uh, Christmas Eve 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 Eve. Eve. Um, it sounds like Max Headroom. Remember him? No, you're probably too young for Max Headroom. Do you remember Max Headroom? Yes. Ma- 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 Max Headroom. Head, 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 headroom. Uh, that's what it sounds like. Christmas Eve, 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 Eve. Um, there's another soundbite for you. Uh, welcome to Monday Morning in My Head. Um, that's going to be the ad we run on the radio for, yeah. for Christmas. <laughs> it is. Max Headroom invites you to Christmas. <laughs> and if you know who that is, we'll see you here as your 45-year-old self. Um, no, I, I, Christmas Eve, Eve, Christmas Eve, Christmas Adam, day before Christmas Eve, whatever you want to call it. We're going to have baptisms scheduled this year for Christmas Eve, Eve, and Christmas Eve. And I'm, I can think of no greater gift to receive or to give to your family and to your legacy than giving your life to Jesus over mm. Christmas Eve. I just think it's, I think Christmas Eve, Christmas baptisms are some of my favorite times to see that because they're so special in that moment. Um, and then maybe you could coax people to give you gifts for that too. I'm just saying, work it out. <laughs> Not that that's the reason to do it, but that's a terrible reason to do it. Don't don't listen to that. <laughs> don't listen to that. That's the worst advice I've ever given. If you get baptized at Christmas, you get more gifts. Just, like, pastor, just just call it. Just call it. Pastor, we're done. Pastor said so. Like, uh, no, no, I did not. Um, it's Monday. I told you. I'm a little preaching hungover right now. Um, well, Dylan, anything else you got on the on the scope today that we need to talk about? That is it. Yeah, that's that should be it because, uh, well, he just had to pull the train off the side of the mountain and try to throw it back on a track that's <laughs> over in the plains somewhere. So, hey, thanks for being with us on this episode of The Make. Thanks so much for joining us for this week's episode of The Make Podcast, where we're moving from Sunday takers to everyday makers. To learn more, head over to pantano.church slash the make. We can't wait to see you again next week.